This is Ethan and I'm here with Dave and special guest Jeremy Samples and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2000 inch Weird Al podcast ridiculously self-indulgent bonus episode 47 centimeter. On this probably no longer spoilerific bonus episode I'm just along for the ride while Ethan and Jeremy review the February 6th show in Saginaw, Michigan at Temple Theater from Weird Al's 2023, The Unfortunate Return of the Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Ill-Advised Vanity Tour. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch you don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. So we are not recording this the night of the show like we normally do. There was a lot of travel and driving directly after these shows in February, and it just it wasn't going to work out. Um, so it's not quite as early as we record them, and maybe it's a little bit longer than normal. <laughs> But we are going to do our best, Dave, to tell you all about our experience. Well, I'm excited because we have Jeremy along and he's got like a photographic memory. He promised me he's got a photographic memory of this show. So I'm sure we're going to hear all I about promise, it. I promise, Dave. <laughs> and just to all test. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I was saying was just to test Jeremy's photographic memory at the show. Jeremy, if you remember, I went through a deck of cards. And um, I'm going to see if you remember all of the cards in order uh, at the end of this episode. So we'll just as a, a tease okay. for everyone. All, all 52. I'm yep. I got him. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were a magician. Wow. That's a talent. We got to have to have to expose more on this podcast. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Podcast uh, magic. Uh, audio. <laughs> <laughs> Is this what? your card? Nope. Is this your card? Nope. <laughs> Well, so, actually, this this is gonna this is I'm actually am a magician, and this is gonna blow the mind of <laughs> of several of our listeners. Okay, yeah. I want um, everybody, all of our listeners, to think of any card, any card in the deck, from ace through king, through and from uh, the hearts, the clubs, the spades, and the diamonds. Okay, just think of any card right now. Don't say it out loud. Just I, think about it in I, your mind. I got one. Okay. The card you are thinking of is the Jack of Spades. Oh my goodness! I guarantee that somebody out there, their mind has just been blown. <laughs> the rest of you, well, don't worry about it. You, next time you'll do better. I love that. That's that's. I don't know how you did that, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough of this. Let's get on with the the Temple Theater Show in Saginaw, Michigan, back in February. Of 2023. Yes. So uh, if you recall, Dave, um, we started off in Springfield, or I guess we ended off in, in Springfield, Illinois. And then it was kind of a drive to Saginaw uh, with a number of, of stops in between. Yeah, we got to, uh, we were lucky to uh, the next morning after Springfield to actually get to meet up with uh, a couple of the people from the podcast world. Uh, Patrick Gaffney, uh, Dustin Jablonski, at a place called uh, Charlie Parker's Donner. It was uh-huh. really Remember cool. That? It was um, a place that had been featured on diners, drive-ins, and dives. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, so it was, uh, you know, as I just uh, said, <laughs> featured in Dinosaur Arms and Dives, a really cool, it was kind of like a, how would you describe the building, Jeremy? Like, uh, like an air- it, was, it was like an old wartime building, like a metal frame. Uh, yeah. You know, kind of like a big uh, tent, like. Like, it, it, I don't know if airport hangar is the right uh, term, but. It, yeah, it's, something similar. Okay. And uh, it was packed. Like, it was just jam-packed with people. And um, so we, we had a, and of course, uh, Allison Parsons was, was with us as well. Um, and it was really great food and we saw the people walking around and all the staff were wearing like branded, uh, shirts and (laughs) on the shirt, it said, eat it, then beat it. (laughs) Oh, it's like their tagline. (laughs) And I was thrilled. (laughs) Wow. Ethan had to buy all the shirts. I sure did. I was gonna say I was. I hope. I hope you picked up at least one for yourself. I got one for myself. I got you one, Dave. Um, nice. I I got one for Al. One for Bermuda. Uh, they didn't have many shirts left after I was through. <laughs> <laughs> what I, What I love about that too is that they got the order correct because we all know that Weird Al did eat it first and then Michael Jackson did that parody <laughs> beat it after. So exactly. Eat it and then beat exactly. it exactly. um so after the dinner we uh we bid adieu to patrick and dustin and we actually uh weren't going directly to saginaw um our friend aaron henry who obviously if you've listened to these bonus episodes you've heard her on this uh, podcast before um she was flying in from iowa to chicago so it was like sort of on the way it was just like a little bit out of the direction so we actually picked her up from the airport um, and then made our way from Chicago to Saginaw. Yeah, the, uh, the airport experience was interesting because I don't know if you guys have ever been to O'Hare Airport to pick somebody up or not. But they don't really have a designated pickup place there like other airports do. So we're sitting there and we're there for about 10 minutes waiting on Erin uh, to find us once she got off her flight. And the uh, security kept on coming up to us saying, you got to move, you got to move, you're going to get a ticket, you stay here any longer. And so Ethan asked them, like, can you give me a ticket? And the woman said, no, but if somebody else comes along, (laughs) then they may. So Ethan's like, okay, we'll just sit here. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, you know... (laughs) Well, if you're not going to give me a ticket, then I'm not worried until someone else walks by. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we did eventually get Aaron, and we did uh, make our way uh, up to Saginaw. And um, and Aaron had uh, some gifts for us uh, whenever she got in the car. So it's, it's all real hectic, and we're all like, you know, we, we got to get out of here. We don't want to get a ticket. Uh, but Aaron has these awesome, like, little, uh, like, tote bag things for us. Yeah, she made us all um, goodie bags. But... They they had uh, presents and and treats, and they were all branded. Did, I, I don't know, on this podcast, have we talked about uh, the name we, we had for our uh, vehicle? Jeremy, do you recall? Um, I think we mentioned it once on the first podcast uh, of this uh, trip here in February. Okay. Um, but we haven't really talked much about how we uh, came up with it. So 
Uh, I mentioned to Ethan, I'm like, you know, if we're going to get a van, we ought to come up with, you know, some corny name for it. Because why else are you going to have a, a minivan? <laughs> um, so we're, we're, we're just brainstorming names in our Facebook chat. Um, and uh, the three most popular ones we came up with were a skipper van, which we actually <laughs> officially called the van. I like it. We came up with Vandatory Fun, and we came up with Vanadian Idiot. <laughs> uh, and Erin uh, is awesome, so she had, like embroidered all of our first initials on these goodie bags, um, and then like had like these like amazing like uh, print on logos. Um, one was the Skipper Van with a green font. And a blue waterfall in the background. <laughs> um, the oh, event, yes. The mandatory fun was just like the mandatory fun logo, except with you know with the V instead of the M. Um, and then Vanadian Idiot was like a silver and white uh, design uh, in, in the like the Canadian Idiot like crazy font. Um, oh, wow. So that was on the front, and then yeah, all the goodies were inside little puzzles, mazes, and. Different things, stretchy and so toys, awesome candy. To, uh, yeah, it was so cool. That. It was so sweet and that, uh, such a thoughtful that, gift. That sounds so amazing. I would love to check these out. Something that sounds amazing. And, and you know, Erin is is incredible. I mean, that she would do that, but also just all the plan. I know that uh, it must have taken. I mean, she's just incredible because I know how much effort she put into putting my birthday party together uh, when we were out in Darwin, Minnesota. So I, it's just. That doesn't that doesn't surprise me, but I it's it's, uh, it's incredible to hear. Yeah, that's wonderful. Oh, it was so cool. <laughs> now I don't recall anything eventful on the the car ride out of uh, other than just it was really long. <laughs> well, we 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 left uh, the O'Hare Airport and then we drove for about like three and a half hours. We made a stop for gas about an hour and a half in. <laughs> Um, and then I told you Jeremy has a half. photographic memory. <laughs> Look, he knows exactly when you guys stop for gas. And another hour and a half later, we found a place called Eaton Pub and Grill and Charlotte Brewing Company um, in the lovely town of Charlotte, Michigan, wherever the heck that is. Um, so we, we, we got in, we got us some good food, um, and the place was you know, just like a regular... You know, restaurant type place in a small town. And then all of a sudden, uh, Dare to be Stupid just comes on the speakers at the restaurant. <laughs> and we're like, all of our minds are, are like blown. We're like, what is happening in this place? And Allison's just over there, just like grinning away. So they had like a, a Touch Tunes uh, jukebox there at the place. And I'd, n I'd never actually used one before, I don't think. Have you used one before, Ethan? Or? Yeah, so I don't know if, if you're familiar with it, Dave or, or listeners, um, but it's basically like a touch screen where you can click on any song and you, you know, put your credit card information in or whatever, uh, and you okay. can play music like a jukebox. Um, but there's also a way to just, you download their app and you can just connect wirelessly and submit songs. So uh, <laughs> Allison did that to prank us because the three of us are looking around like, are we really hearing Dare to be Stupid in the wild? Like we were <laughs> freaking out. Like, <laughs> and she couldn't contain herself. It. She was just laughing so hard. <laughs> That's awesome. Great prank, Allison. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the funniest things about it was that for, uh, for some reason, I guess Aaron being, uh, you know, in the, 
official law uh, business. Um, she is afraid that we're going to like get murdered or slashed up or something in this small town. <laughs> so she just like, they're, they're like kind of cowering like the whole time. Like, I can't believe you guys are doing this. And we're all like passing around free codes so that we can like keep on playing more and more music. <laughs> And eventually, eventually we have like basically the whole restaurant run out because these guys playing pool and say, well, I can't take any more of this weird owl guy. <laughs> uh, so we're, we're, we're all up there by ourselves, and Aaron is so sad, but uh, I think she actually enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I think she was embarrassed. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, uh, we definitely um, took it pretty far. And we played some really, we played Weird Al, and then we just started playing really bizarre songs, and it was hilarious and so much fun. <laughs> Sounds great. So we made our way to uh, Saginaw, finally, where we were going to be meeting up with Jake Larson and Nancy, and they uh, were driving together and had already made it earlier in the day, and they kept like kind of texting us, like, where are you guys? <laughs> And, you know, obviously we we had quite a, a ways to go and then we stopped for dinner and that one time we had to stop for gas, as Jeremy pointed out. Uh, so um, they told us that they had found their way to like a bar with karaoke. Um, but first we, we had to check into our hotel, which I really like, how would you describe this hotel Jeremy, the best way I would describe it is like The Shining, like just this like big oh labyrinthine, like old hotel. Yeah, it, it was de- it was definitely old. It was definitely old. It was definitely empty. Um, it was big. Um, the only other hotel that I'd stayed in similar to that was an old uh, Whalers Hotel in New Bedford, Massachusetts. Uh, it was just kind of like a mysterious, like just house, just kind of like you know, just random old, like, place that you wouldn't think that a hotel would be really in. Um, and it, you could tell it had definitely seen better days uh, before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it was, um, it, we actually found out something interesting about the hotel. We'll get to it in a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was a crazy, empty place that we were, we felt like we were the only ones in. Yeah, it was <laughs> weird. And, like, they, they had a big lab. It when I say big and elaborate, it wasn't nice. Like it was trying to be nice. Uh, big elaborate lobby with like couches and um, they had oh. like a, a a piano and um, it wasn't it wasn't like tacky, but it also wasn't like luxurious. I guess is the best way. To, somewhere in the huh. middle there. Yeah. So we well, ch- checked well, let in. Me, let me let me stop you for a minute because sure. uh, our intern Frank has uh, given me some some pretty interesting information. Uh, he said that you know using Google Maps, if you were to drive from Springfield, Illinois, through uh, Saginaw, Michigan, it would take six hours, fifty-seven minutes, four hundred and seventy miles. It sounds like you guys did that uh, over the course of the day. But if you were to actually fly from Springfield, Illinois, to Saginaw, Michigan, it would take you eight hours and ten minutes. What? So it sounds like you <laughs> took the better option by driving. You saved yourself. An hour and 13 minutes. Wow. <laughs> Man, go us. <laughs> yeah, it actually ended up taking us about uh, eight hours, I think, uh, in total, like 437 miles or so. Um, but yeah, so I think we made the right decision driving. We, we had a good time, too. Uh, company along the way, 
jamming to Weird Al and stopping at places and just having fun together. But it definitely was a long drive. I think it was our longest drive of the trip. And so, hence why uh, <clears throat> following, uh, you know, this show and everything, we wanted to wait to record. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I could I could imagine. <laughs> it was a busy, busy couple of days for you, for sure. I do want to take this moment uh, for a couple things. First, to apologize if I sound sick and if I cough or... <laughs> anything during this uh i am getting over a cold right now um and the second thing i wanted to do was a coke zero solo Woo! coke zero solo yeah i just did one myself jeremy did you do your son kiss zero solo i have it yeah <laughs> excellent uh so I, I do want to get to the show, but I, I have to mention we, we went to that bar um, that Jake and Nancy were already at, and yeah. <laughs> I think this was like the only thing in town, because, <laughs> I don't know, maybe uh, another dozen people, I think it was the only like restaurant, quote unquote restaurant <laughs> in town, I guess. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was a Sunday night at like 10.30, so uh, yeah, definitely the only place open in town, I think. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was called the Grand Central, and it was a nice place. They had karaoke going on, they had drinks flowing, so it was a interesting place. Dave, do you remember that one place we went to on the Strings Attached Tour where they had those like pull tab lottery tickets? And yes, yes. This place oh, had geez. the pull tab lottery tickets. So I was oh, like, I awesome. have to do one. <laughs> yes. After we spent so much time talking about it. Um, and I think I won like a couple bucks. Uh, so. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jake and Allison and, and Aaron uh, were doing karaoke and it was fun. It was uh, it was a nice place, but. What? We were pretty exhausted. Was from there any? Traveling. Was there any Weird Al? Was there any Weird Al karaoke going on? I no, didn't... we we had plans to do that, but I think everybody was either too drunk or uh, just too tired and just forgot uh, that we were going <laughs> to do it. So really, the, the only karaoke that was done uh, was by Jake and Aaron. Uh, they they did a picture by Kid Rock. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> well, the the other thing was there was a lot of competition to get in on the karaoke there was like uh, locals who uh um spend a lot of time yeah. i think doing karaoke so they you know it was very competitive uh to get in there on the list <laughs> <laughs> of course those locals don't want you taking over their karaoke karaoke joints that's for sure <laughs> uh so one thing i i also want to mention was um around this time uh, prior to this show, uh, Jake Larson mentioned that he had, um, I don't know if he accidentally ordered or somehow received an extra copy of the Weird the Al Yankovic Story soundtrack on CD. And since it had released while I was out on tour, I didn't have a physical one yet. So I was like, Jake, I'll buy it from you. I'll buy the extra one. So he brought it um, with him to the show uh, to Saginaw. And uh, I did uh, receive it from him. So I got to, for the first time, hold it in my hands, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So I was really was excited it, about it, that. Is it, yes, was it better than you ever imagined? Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, it's it's weird for to have a a new Weird Al, you know, CD. I won't you know say it's a Weird Al album necessarily. It's not like a studio album, but to have a, a new Weird Al product like that that we've already been able to listen yeah. to for a few months and to finally have the physical right. version, <laughs> uh, even though mine had already. Re- like it arrived at my house, I just wasn't home to receive it. So it was it was nice to like get it early. It was you know very nice. So yeah. I, I was really happy that he uh, brought that along for me. Very cool. Uh, so the next day, uh, prior to the concert, um, we went to this. I don't know how we ended. Do you recall how we ended up at this place, Jeremy? Was it just a random thing? Well, we uh, actually Nancy, Jake, uh, Allison, and I had already ate. Uh, we were hungry and waiting on Ethan, but Ethan was sleeping in because he had such a long drive the day before. So we actually went back over to Grand Central, uh, the only restaurant that is open in Saginaw, Michigan, even on a Monday morning. <laughs> um, and so we all had like burgers there. Um, and then so we went back to the hotel and we're like, what are we going to do for the day? So we're hanging out there in the lobby. And we're talking to the uh, to the girl at the desk, who was actually one of the karaoke singers the night before <laughs> um, at, at Grand Central. So it was like, oh, we saw you last night. Um, so uh, we were talking to her. We're like, so what do you do in, in Saginaw, Michigan? Um, and she's like, well, um, probably the most fun thing to do would like be go down to this uh, like bowling alley place. Um, like it has like, you know, food and drinks and stuff and you can have arcade and you know, whatever. Uh, so we're like, okay, we'll, we'll try that out. So we, uh, we left like around one and we're like driving. We're like, okay, we'll go find this place and just hang out. Well, the place wasn't open on Monday. (laughs) Um, so we're like, thanks for recommending a place that's closed. Um, so we'll like, we'll just drive around and we'll try to find something else. Well, to, to be, um, to be just, fair, like, I think it was Jeremy, to be fair to, to the woman who recommended it, um, going to that place while it was closed was still the most interesting thing to do in Saginaw. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, so yeah, so the place we ended up was just about like a block away from that place, uh, I believe. Um, it was called Levi's Food and Spirits. Um, and Dave, and, uh, it was so not we, uh, a haunted house. Yeah. Uh, spirits, they meant like alcohol. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it sounds like spooky. the haunted house might have been uh, more more exciting. But anyway, <laughs> I mean, you're really selling Saginaw very well. I mean, certainly we're gonna our next sponsor is definitely gonna be uh, be the Saginaw Tourist Division. Oh, that's, totally. Yeah, that's uh, for sure. Get surprised by Saginaw. <laughs> <laughs> visit our bowling alley which is only open certain days <laughs> the uh Come sing karaoke with the locals who won't let you sing the, the restaurant the, the Le- levi's place was actually full of just very like weird interesting things like on the wall and the ceilings and um there was a i don't mean how many of us were there six of us uh so it was a pretty big table and a couple things happened during the meal that are just very memorable <laughs> that I think we should share. <laughs> um, first off, uh, Nancy comes back from using the restroom and she says, there's a chair in the women's restroom. <laughs> like just like a cloth, like chair in there near the toilet. <laughs> huh? 
And for whatever reason, we all, like, we just, like, we couldn't stop laughing and joking about that. <laughs> um, yeah, we kept on coming up with crazy scenarios in our mind about why that chair might be there. <laughs> <laughs> won't get into any of them uh, on the podcast. All right. Uh, but I will also mention that they had these uh, mixed drink specials, and <laughs> I don't remember what the drink was. But a couple the drink of drink was the drink was called a Harvey Wallbanger. Thank you. Yeah. So we obviously had to get so the we, Harvey. They had the havoc at the head. Yeah. We had Harvey, to. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so it came with these like uh, neon colored straws. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, let's just say a number of them uh, were consumed during the course of the meal. Uh, and <laughs> Allison uh, started connecting the straws together. So she was on one end of the table, and then her super long straw would reach over, and she was like drinking from waters on the other side of the table. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, we were just having the best time. We were all laughing hysterically. The wait staff, like, were dying laughing and taking pictures and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It was a lot of fun. We took some fun pictures, and uh, it was a fun meal. It, yeah, it, it it really was so much fun. And then we all went back in, or you know, I think I went back in for something after we were leaving. And the the waits, uh, the waitress said, "You all were like the highlight of like my time working here." <laughs> so they de- she definitely enjoyed uh, hanging out with us. I think oh, that's breaking awesome. up her day a little bit. It's, it sounds like you had, it was the most excitement that ever happened in Saginaw oh, totally. in its entire history. <laughs> Who needs a bowling alley when you have uh, the Weird Al friends? <laughs> Next person who asks the uh, asks the concierge at the hotel where, where to go, they're going to say, well, you got to go... Uh, you, 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 you're never going to be able to top the time that the uh, wild group of Weird Al fans came through and... Uh, <laughs> Use straws. <laughs> Use straws to drink from the other side of the table. Uh, so I don't, um, I don't remember what we did. I think we just probably went back and got ready for the concert at that point. Well, after after we had been having so much fun at Levi's, we're like, you know, we have to get a little bit of a downer uh, until the concert, so we can get back <laughs> up at the concert. But uh, we didn't go straight back to the hotel, though, um, because the next day was going to be both Marnie's birthday and Emo's birthday. Oh. Um, we decided that we should try to buy them birthday gifts. Um, so we went and we stopped at like a party city um, in a, a place called Coachville Township. Um and uh, they did not have anything that we wanted there. Uh, but we played <laughs> around with all kinds of funny stuff uh, for about 15 minutes. Uh, and then we went back to the hotel and rested a little bit before before time for the show. Wait, how, how does Party City not have any sort of party supplies? That doesn't make any sense to me. I believe we wanted to well, they get... Didn't, I think they had some, but... We nothing we wanted. Oh, you were looking for something specific. Okay. Yeah, I believe the intention was we wanted to get uh, special hats, uh, ah. reminiscent of Allison's uh, hat at Red Rocks. Yes, and we couldn't yes. find anything like that. Um, so we uh, gotcha. we didn't end up purchasing anything. Uh, 
Um, so we get to the venue for Jeopardy, and um, there was actually a surprising guest during Jeopardy. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Ruben Valtiera himself came out as the janitor. <laughs> the janitor. <laughs> he uh, he walked across the stage with a uh, a broom and uh, was sweeping up. <laughs> and uh, JW okay. was sure to highlight to everyone how special uh, of an appearance that was. <laughs> that is a special it appearance. <laughs> Ruben uh, doing his best Stanley Spadowski impression. That's right. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't really uh, have many yeah. notes from Jeopardy. I just I know it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, that was actually Ruben's second time on stage. I don't know. I don't think you got to see him in uh, Springfield. Ethan, Allison, and I and uh, we went on in. Uh, I think you guys were still out in the lobby with Marnie. Uh, but uh, Ruben was actually already on stage there in Springfield, uh, and he had like a mop bucket there <laughs> or something. And he was like, it, so I think he was just trying to be part of the act or you know part of the Jeopardy experience there <laughs> at the end, like clean, cleaning up after you know all the toilet paper flies everywhere, yeah. <laughs> and everything. Um, so that that was actually his second time on stage. But yeah, I, I don't remember too much else from the Jeopardy. Uh, Aaron Saginaw. Um, then after the Jeopardy, uh, we found like this little lounge there, um, and to, uh, unbelievably, uh, Steve and Jim are warming warming up for the show there in the little lounge area. Oh, before? Uh, no, not really. But <laughs> to go, to, <laughs> oh, to yeah, go with yeah. how, how I met the man. I was no, ready. No, I, I was ready to man. just uh, believe Jeremy. I was like, I don't remember that, but I'm sure he remembers. <laughs> <laughs> No, but um, but the lounge was actually called like uh, like the Leopard Lounge or something uh, yeah. there at at the theater. Uh, so every like the whole walls, the whole carpet, everything had like leopard print all over it. So there was no way that you would not know that it was the Leopard Lounge. Uh, so we're like, <laughs> you know, what what is going on here? So uh, Ethan gets his. Uh, weird uh soundtrack from jake and like sits down and starts looking at it other people are like buying drinks i think jake tried to buy a drink but he like broke the credit card machine the first time they tried (laughs) to use it um so they were like cash only after that um but we basically had this room to ourselves uh for a little while um and so we're like, you know, Jake had kind of been playing around on the uh, piano in the lobby because uh, he's a really great musician uh, himself. So he, uh, he in our hotel and we looked over from where, where we were like hanging out in this booth and there's the same piano from our hotel uh, in, in this little lounge. And we're like, OK. Uh, and then so Jake's like, well, I got to go play this uh, since I'm actually at the theater. Uh, so he starts playing it. Um, and this usher late old usher lady comes along, uh, her, whose name is Sandy. And she said, uh, you can't play the piano. And Jake's like, so distraught. He's like, that, that's just a wonderful thing to tell me. That's so nice. You could have like, you know, broken it to me in a little simpler way. Not just that I can't play. Um, but so, so we slowly step away from the piano, not to break any other Saginaw rules. Um, and then we just hang out there in the leopard lounge a little bit until time for the show. 
yeah, a few things I want to mention about the pre-show. Uh, well, first of all, the Leopard Lounge. Uh, as Jeremy mentioned, there was a sign that said, Welcome to the Leopard Lounge. Um, and in the room, there was also a sign that said, Notice, no leopards were harmed in the creation of this lounge. <laughs> <laughs> um, pretty cool. So, um, uh, as Jeremy said, there was a... a, 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 a what not a drink fountain a uh, uh I, don't, I don't know concession stand uh to, to buy drinks in there and they did yeah. have a themed drink it was the like a surgeon bloody mary uh which is pretty funny <laughs> and uh yes <laughs> uh i don't know if anyone actually got one of those I, I know that there was talk of getting one i don't know if anyone actually did get one um something else i want to mention was uh there was a venue specific poster available it was um very very cool it's very like kind of psychedelic looking and then there's a drawing of weird al um i believe it's it's based on a a famous photo of elvis and it is weird al uh as elvis doing an elvis pose and uh very neat and i i uh, i bought a lot of them (laughs) Because I knew uh, a lot of friends were going to need uh, that poster, you included, Dave. So um. yeah, I mean, <laughs> come on, it's it's weird, Alan Elvis to like mesh, in a mashup together on the same poster. That that is a uh, absolute for me. Absolutely, that's uh, incredible. That sounds incredible. <laughs> the only other random thing from um, before the show was one of the rows I went by on my way to Jeopardy had a plaque. I don't know how I even noticed it. And the plaque on the chair said Harvey Memorial Foundation. (laughs) (laughs) We we actually were also uh, hanging out for a little bit longer with that Sandy uh, Usher. And uh, she actually became friends once we got over her. uh, (laughs) Um, She became a recurring character. (laughs) Yeah. She actually let us know um, that there's a reason that the pianos were the same in both our hotel and the venue, and it's because they were built by the same company uh, years <laughs> ago. Whenever they were, whenever they were both made, the, the um, Saginaw you know, like, Piano they, they had, Company. They had like the same, yeah. They all had like the same, like even chairs uh, and everything, like in the lounge versus in the lobby. Um, and, uh, another thing that was interesting about the hotel that Sandy let us in on, uh, was that it was haunted, uh, both oh. the hotel and the theater were supposed to have a haunted history, uh, there in Saginaw. And she detailed some of that, uh, for us and told us about a, a prime documentary. I think it was like haunting on Washington street, um, that, uh, you know, detailed, you know, what the ghosts were, where they were at in the theater. Um, so that was interesting to find out. <laughs> and all this, wow. uh, all this very interesting piano related trivia. Uh, <laughs> it was, I actually wasn't there for that. Um, Aaron and I, um, were off doing our own thing. And, um, uh, Dave, do you remember in Las Vegas, the first time, um, we ran into Aaron and her dad, Brad, they said, hey, can you take a picture of us? And we said, sure. Yes. And then they handed us a printout of a photo yes. of the two of them. Well, Aaron and I yes. brought that back. Uh, and oh, we, yes. Aaron printed out some pictures of her and I. And we were just sort of relentlessly 
uh, pranking everyone at the show <laughs> with uh, with the po- with the uh, photos. So we were off doing that while uh, I guess uh, Sandy the the usher was recounting the <laughs> piano trivia. Um, piano and... history, uh, piano history of Saginaw. Yes. <laughs> so of course, I- I'm interested. I'm interested about the uh, the haunting of uh, the different buildings in Saginaw because it reminds me of the story that uh, Ruben told on our podcast, and he told uh, way back when uh, you first interviewed him on your radio show yeah. about. Uh, <laughs> the uh where was it glenside theater yeah, in keswick, pennsylvania right? that was or keswick yes keswick in uh, glenside pennsylvania that was haunted i'm wondering if ruben knew that the uh, theater in saginaw was haunted because mm. i bet he would have uh, been interested to know about that that may come up later oh stay tuned <laughs> all right I, <laughs> now I, I have to stay tuned i was getting ready to leave but i mean you've hooked <laughs> me in now um i do want to mention aaron and i were able to prank uh a number of people, including Kamal, the photographer <laughs> of the the VIP photographer for the tour. <laughs> uh, so I have um, that the show started at. Uh, well, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you uh, uh, guess, Dave. Um, it was an eight o'clock show. What time did right. JW so- take the stage? So, so we know that if it's an eight o'clock show, that usually means that JW takes the stage at seven fifty-eight. Ding, ding, ding! Yep, JW. All right, the stage JW on on time. Seven fifty-eight, and uh, email came out eight o'clock on the dot, and um, I gotta tell you, I had a really awesome seat. Um, I was in the front row in the far. Um, far uh right or the far uh steve side of the stage there's that mysterious noise again yeah. <laughs> what is that <laughs> i don't know if that's going to come through on the podcast recording uh but just trust us um so <laughs> it was uh it was great maybe it's maybe it's haunted maybe this episode is haunted Ooh, that, that is very true that's very true um, did you guys bring? Did you bring ghosts back from Saginaw with you? <laughs> Maybe uh, Sandy uh, is uh, pranking us. Oh, She's mad about Sandy is... uh, the piano playing. <laughs> Jake playing the piano. <laughs> so, and where were you sitting, Jeremy? Were you? Uh, where were you sitting? Um, I actually had um, a balcony seat uh, for this show, oh, nice. about, about center balcony. That was actually okay. one of the places I watched, ended up watching that documentary, and that was actually one of the places that the ghost was uh, supposed to hang out. Um, oh. So that might have been what, how my experience was affected during the show. I'm not sure. <laughs> I do want to mention... Wow, spooky. Uh, I do want to mention two guys that I met. Um, they were seated actually right, um, right near me. Uh, in the front row, uh, these two okay. guys, Joe and Sean, and what was really awesome is they were dressed up, and um, at least uh, I think based on my notes, Joe had a Viking hat on, and then he had um, <laughs> attached to the bottom of his shoe uh, a piece of a weasel, like you know, a stuffed animal weasel, but a very like um, subtle costume where it's like. Well, obviously the Viking hat's not uh, subtle, but <laughs> the uh, like you have to look at his feet and, yes. and 
you'll be like, what is that? And then, then you, you get then it. you make yeah nice. make the connection. So it was really cool. Awesome. And they were uh, they were really excited to be seeing Al, um, and uh, it was it was uh, it was really cool to meet them. They were really nice. Um, but most but most importantly, did you give them some wooden nickels? Oh, of course, absolutely, of course. They <laughs> they uh, they were thrilled. They were thrilled to have wooden nickels and stickers. Um, so the that sounds uh, like an awesome costume. What was pretty interesting was there was a pit um, for the show, but the pit was completely lowered, um, so it was not like. Um, level it was completely down so there was like you know a railing okay. and it was yeah there was a net and stuff but it was a, a pretty big gap between the front row and the stage oh interesting uh which was pretty uh unique and um i noticed so it's probably so i don't know if he i don't know if weird al did one more minute at this show or not but it's probably good that he no longer goes out into the audience because <laughs> he would have had to jump over this pit it, it a very like. long jump yeah um <laughs> So, uh, so with emo on stage, um, he I noticed that he was um, changing some of his setups a little bit, and they seemed to be a little bit more concise the way he worded them. And I okay. wrote that down because I figured that as he's gearing up for the European leg of the tour, where not every uh, country is English as their first language, he may have been just sort of uh, getting them ready uh, for that. So. Mm. Nothing, yes. nothing major, but just after seeing, you know, the show 40 plus times, you start to notice little <laughs> right. differences like that. Um, right. And then at one point during his set, someone from the audience yelled out, Saginaw! And Emo goes, yes, that's where we are. <laughs> uh, and he did mention um, that uh, his birthday was coming up tomorrow and that he would be 67 years old Aww. and then jeremy do you remember uh i have something written down about a security guard and a phone ringing <laughs> i believe like i think during emo set the security guard cell phone was not muted and it like went off <laughs> no i don't i don't really remember emo I don't. That, my photographic memory doesn't extend ah, emo. Okay. No, of course, of course. Well, that gap between uh, the stage, I'm sure, would affect that. Um, and uh, he did. And, and, sir, and, and Jeremy being haunted by the ghost certainly would have had some uh, some ex- experience. On yes. That. So it has yes. some effect on that as well. Um, we like to report on the drink that emo has, if any, and he did have a box of water, and he did a do the uh, seagull joke. Uh, and I have oh, the emo. No, no, did he do? Did he do my favorite joke? Or you don't remember? <laughs> I'm sure he did. He he tended to close uh, on that, but I I don't know for sure. Yeah. Uh, I believe I was also okay. affected by the ghost. Uh, <laughs> in fact, any time I am not sure about something that I'm reporting on, Dave, it's because of the ghost. It's not because I took poor notes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I have emo ending at eight thirty one. And uh, I don't have anything for intermission. I think I just uh, was sort of sitting there hanging out, chatting with uh, with my new friends and with Aaron. And uh, I think that's it. Do you have anything, Jeremy? I did actually find out during intermission uh, via the people next to me. Um, I noticed, I don't know if you noticed it down in the uh, lower level, Ethan, but there were a ton of people that were coming into the show late. 
Um, and I'm like, is this like LA where you're supposed to like arrive fashionably late and these people in Saginaw like have high perceptions of themselves? And they're like, oh, as long as I get there for Al, it'll be fine. But uh, no, actually, I talked to the people that sat down next to me. I'm like, oh, you missed a good, uh, you know, set with emo. And they're like, well, we got here at seven o'clock. Um, and whenever we did, the line was like all the way down to the bridge, which is actually like three or four blocks there in Saginaw, oh, because wow. they on- they only had one door open to get into the theater, and like the box office was inside of the door, and the table was on the other side of the box office, so it was all like a really a jam there. They said, and the security like took forever, so that's wow. why people were actually arriving late. Um, so I was glad that we came early for Jeopardy and didn't have to eh, deal with any of that. Uh, but it sounded like that was a crazy experience, uh, one I wouldn't really expect for Saginaw. But... Yeah, yeah, that is crazy. Uh, that that I mean, people are lining up for an hour and a half just to see a Weird Al concert. That's incredible. And you're you talking about that, Jeremy? Jogged my memory that uh, the security guards were uh, particularly uh, strict at the front door. Um, uh, when it came to like uh, coming in, like we had set up in advance permission to head to uh, Jeopardy. Some of us had VIP, some of us didn't, but we had permission, and uh, it was just a bit of a struggle yeah. to to get in. And um, you know, they were looking for certain identifiers that you know didn't exist, or uh, their their information wasn't completely accurate. Ah. Uh, but we we all got in. I mean, another you. another alternate option why people were late is because there is just so much exciting stuff going on in Saginaw <laughs> that they just they they just were so overwhelmed with uh, all the excitement that they lost track of time. I think that's actually what it was. I'm sure. Yeah, I think that was it. So I did notice uh, on Weird Al's little um, table. I noticed the megaphone, uh, the cowbell, and the jingle dingle, or the dingle jingle. I can't remember which which one. Uh. <laughs> I think I think it's the jingle dingle, and I think uh, for people who might not be familiar, that is uh, Ethan's affectionate term for a tambourine. <laughs> it's what I came up with when I couldn't remember what a tang- tambourine was called. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you have a, a, a jingle dingle story? <laughs> Speaking of. Uh, yeah, yeah, actually. Um, actually, I do. Yeah, I shared this with Ethan. Uh, this, this happened recently. So um, I, I'm religious, so I go to a bunch of church services a few, few times a week. And I went to, over to this one, and they were having like a special revival with music and yeah, stuff. So there's, these old, there's this old couple that always brings in a tambourine. Uh, to like play along with the people that are doing the music that night and I went in and I had just actually been listening to the uh, episodes that had been released so I was in a concert state of mind Um, and (laughs) I I went in and I looked at the old lady holding the tambourine and I said oh I see you brought your jingle dingle tonight (laughs) (laughs) and she looked at me like how lost are you? You, you, need, you need to go repent right now for, for saying that. Um, and I'm like, oh, no, no, I, I, I didn't mean anything by it. That was, 
that's my word for tambourine. So, so, uh, so thanks, Ethan. That is the best possible situation to come out of me forgetting the name for tambourine. (laughs) I hope that catches on. Anytime that anybody goes to any event that somebody has a tambourine, please, please just call it a jingle dingle and don't apologize. Um, so the concert started at 8.46 with the uh, now traditional um, playing of O Fortuna, the recording, not, uh, oh. live, live, not a live rendition. Right. And right. Um, the band took the stage together and went right into CNR. Ooh, CNR. I just want uh, to point out a couple of things before you get in any further into this review is that uh i was not at this show i'm not familiar with the set list both of you are familiar with the set list however keeping with tradition i'm still planning on having a dave's pick of the night so i want to make sure that ethan you've you've selected a song and jeremy you're welcome to select one as well if you uh if you want to get in on the fun um and that'll be okay. my favorite song of the night even though i wasn't there um <laughs> And uh, and also want to point out that I have not seen this set list, so this whole thing is going to be a surprise to me as it it is to our listeners, unless they've looked up the set list by now. <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be a surprise to me too as I uh, go through my notes. <laughs> um, I, I so I th- I think I mentioned that it, it kind of had been some time uh, between the concert and us recording this. I. Yes went directly from this tour directly to work travel for like three months straight. So <laughs> I, <laughs> my, my memory is not super, uh, super sharp. Um, so I will go through and, uh, share what I can, uh, figure out and, uh, very thankful that, right. that, uh, of course we have the photographic memory of Jeremy with us, uh, to help remember. <laughs> Uh, so what I do remember from uh, CNR, the Charles Nelson Riley song, was at some point Hawkeye was out uh, doing something with Bermuda uh, to try and uh, adjust or fix something with the drums. Hmm. Um, Al still had a goatee. He had not shaved since the uh, <laughs> in the days uh, since Springfield. And uh, the shirt he was wearing... Um, <laughs> I have two names for it. It's uh, the Fern Gully Hawaiian shirt, aka the Jungle Book uh, Hawaiian shirt. So those are my oh, um, okay. <laughs> two options for for folks. You can you know re- use them interchangeably. Uh, <laughs> of course, with CNR, um, Steve and Ruben were not there, so it was just uh, Al, Jim, and Bermuda for the first song. And uh, interesting. Once it ended, Steve and Ruben did join them on stage. And Steve was not wearing glasses. Oh, not, we- not wearing glasses at all. Not even no regular sunglasses, glasses. no regular glasses. No sunglasses, no regular glasses. It was just wow, uh, okay. uh, uh, barefaced Steve J uh, taking the stage <laughs> for the second song. Um, I have it in my notes that uh, the crowd re- was really happy to see Steve and Ruben come on stage. Uh, I guess because they weren't there to start out the concert, they were maybe worried. But uh, they, whenever well, they came on stage, they were they got a huge cheer. Yeah, uh, maybe they were stuck in line outside with everybody else for an hour and a half. And so Al was like, "Crap, we just have to play a song that doesn't use those two guys." <laughs> 
so, um, Alice said, how you doing? And, uh, as soon as they, um, <laughs> as soon as they took the stage, Stephen or Ben, Alice said, we just got a larger band. And he said, we add, <laughs> uh, two people to the band every show. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Actually, I had uh, that he said that he added two people to the band every song. Uh, and he said uh, that 45 minutes into the show that there will be more people on stage than in the audience. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that would be incredible. <laughs> they, you know what? They could have done that on the Strings Attached tour. How funny would have that been? Every song, they just bring out a, a larger group of musicians. And by the end of the song, you've got the full orchestra. That would actually ah, be awesome. What a missed opportunity. Well, there's always the... That, that's a Dave... That's, that's a Dave suggestion if they ever do another Strings Attached tour. A Dave suggestion... <laughs> <laughs> that one was so bad I didn't even get a theme song for it. Ouch. Do you want a theme song for it? <laughs> of course I want a theme song. Alright. I always want a theme song. Alright. <laughs> Dave suggestions. I'll co-sign it, Dave. I think it it uh it would be complicated. Oh, okay. Um and I think it would be uh very stupid, but um, that's what we want from a Weird Al show. We want complications and stupid yes. things. So <laughs> I'm on board. Now, remember how I talked about... I just about... want to be able to brag about it on a future episode and say, that was my idea. <laughs> so um, remember I talked about how the pit was, was lowered and it was sort of a big gap? Yes. Well, Al said, um, you know, one of his requirements was he asked for a moat. Uh, between <laughs> the stage and the audience. And he said, but, and he looked and he said, there's no sharks, so I'm definitely going to leave a bad Yelp review. <laughs> <laughs> um, something about uh, watching something on TV. Do you know what, um, what he said, Jeremy? Um, Al said, uh, you know, can we hear it one more time for Emo Phillips? Um, and then after the crowd cheered, he said, I've watched him on TV since I was a toddler. Yes. Okay. He's been so helpful to me as an entertainer his whole career. Uh, but it has been an amazing cautionary tale. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then he went into the whole thing about, uh, you know, it's it's going to be um, unpopular songs, etc. Uh, people are... Un- Going on Twitter saying he didn't play Eat It, that whole spiel. Uh, and then, uh-huh. now this is pretty interesting. Uh, they went into the song Melanie, but there was no oh. harpsichord solo. Oh, no called harpsichord solo and no actual harpsichord solo? Straight into Melanie? Just straight into Melanie. Wow. Okay. I mean, there, there was... Well, there was still the, in- yeah. there was, was still the intro from oh. Ruben, but not an actual called harpsichord. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, it wasn't like extended. It was just, yeah. Um, so, I want to mention that um, while uh, Aaron and I were in the front row and there were a couple, those guys I mentioned were in the front row, there was also a large uh, sect of the front row that were quite obviously like donors to the theater <laughs> and they, oh, okay. there was actually like 
uh, paper uh, tags on the seats and stuff, like reserved for this party or whatever. Um, yeah. So there were a lot of people who I guess uh, the nicest way I'll say it is they were not as invested in the show as other people who sit ah. in the front row. And they were drunk and they were talking and uh, oh. uh, they they weren't... Uh, they weren't loving the show. They weren't like super impressed by it from from uh, mm. how they were acting, which uh, was definitely uh, a very annoying uh, experience. That's a bummer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that Al had seen that. Um, so one of the notes I have from Melanie uh, was that whenever he gets to where he mentions impressed, uh, that he yelled and emphasized impressed. So he wanted, <laughs> I think he wanted to try to impress these people that were. Uh, acting like they were bored in the first couple rows. Um, and then another uh, line change that I have from Melanie is he said, what can our problem be whenever it was supposed to be? What can the problem be? Oh, uh, wow. Uh, at what, one time in the song. Um, after the song, Al said that this was one what of... What about but Melanie? Uh, oh, What about yes. uh, the uh, cat meow? Yes, I did I did hear the meow uh, loud and clear. Okay, good. Um, Excellent. Al afterwards said that the show was one of his four COVID makeup dates. He said, sorry, I got sick. <laughs> <laughs> he, he talked about how um, throughout the 2022 leg of the tour, um, everyone got sick and they had to cancel because um, they couldn't bring someone else in. And they said, well, I guess we could have gotten Kenny G to play the part of me. <laughs> <laughs> He actually said that he asked Kenny G to come out and do the bit, but he didn't want to do it. <laughs> well, Kenny G's loss. Which actually, it was kind of a callback uh, to one of the first shows from 2022 um, at a show that I did a written review for, uh, for 2000 Inch uh, Podcast World. Um, at the end of the show, um, Al actually said... Uh, and I'm Kenny G. Good night. Uh, whenever he was doing the uh, the closing for the show. Yes. Yeah, uh, I know he's done that a, a couple times um, on the the tour. I'm trying to read my notes here. Something about um, he also went on to say he found someone to play the drums. Um, Jim. Something about Jim being in the basement. Well, Jim played. Yeah, he played backstage. Yeah, he said or, or when the, it... Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, he said whenever Jim was uh, sick, they actually had him play, um, and he played from an isolated chamber, and he also had to do it from the basement. Yes, okay. <laughs> uh, said when Steve uh, Steve was sick, it was his son Miles, and when Ruben was sick, uh, we just didn't have a keyboard player. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's crazy that everybody everybody on the tour got got sick at one point or the other. Yeah, yeah, wow. it's pretty crazy. Um, uh. Alden was talking about, uh, of course, palindromes, and he said even uh, the name Bob was a palindrome, so we had to call this song Bob. <laughs> uh, during Bob, um, Hawkeye was out again. He was doing something with uh, Bermuda's um, cables or wires. Um, Ruben yeah. was uh, having some trouble, and with his uh, hearing his monitors, I kept seeing him looking off stage and like pointing up. Um, and Hawkeye ended up actually being out there the entire song, 
uh, working on stuff with uh, uh, Bermuda. So, oh wow, not sure what was going on, but uh, definitely something uh, had gone up, or not gone, not huh. gone up. Something had gone down. <laughs> <laughs> I said up because We're gone up. You don't know. <laughs> I said up because I'm looking at my sheet and it says for uh, after the song, Al picked his accordion up. <laughs> that's that's why I said that. Um, did you have anything on Bob, Jeremy? Uh, no, just that it was continuation of the ghost, uh, with all the technical <laughs> difficulties of the, of the name. Yes, the ghost was getting involved with, uh, this show, apparently. Uh, Al said that he, uh, after he picked up his accordion, he said he's a pretty self-aware guy, and he knows when people think of him. Uh, first thing to think of is raw, unbridled sexual energy, of course, as we all, <laughs> <laughs> as we all can attest. Of course. Um, and uh, he said, uh, one thing I really hate to be... Pigeonholed. Pigeonholed. Like, he, yeah, he really hates to be pigeonholed like that. Um, and <laughs> he said, when he gets depressed, he thinks of the blues. <laughs> so, a very interesting segue into generic blues. Generic blues. And, uh, yeah, I like, I like your uh, thread there, Jeremy, that this is all... Um, the ghosts doing because Hawkeye was back on stage and um, wow Ruben now it was Ruben's turn to have uh, some issues with his cables and um, uh, for the part of generic blues where it's the uh, make it talk and and Jim just sort of goes off and does that yeah annoying thing it was it seemed extra long to me it seemed like a, an extended version of the make it talk and uh, by the time Al, by the time Al said uh, uh, make it shut up, he was just like really wincing and really uh, being very animated <laughs> with his facial expressions. <laughs> it was really funny. Um, awesome. Definitely helps to be uh, close to the moat uh, to be able to see that. <laughs> <laughs> so Al said, "Okay, I know what you're thinking. It's already the first week of February. When are you gonna play some Christmas music?" <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, so, of course, Dave, I'm sure you're wondering which one it was. And, uh, of course, you'll get a hint right now because Al said that he wrote this song in 1986. And luckily for okay. him... It just narrowed gets... it down to one of the two of them. Okay. <laughs> and they said, luckily for him, it just gets more topical all the time. And they went into Christmas at Ground Zero. Ground Zero. Ooh, that's an unusual one. That one's uh, one of the probably least played songs on the tour. Yeah, well, definitely one of the more rare ones. Uh, so it's yeah. Well, I think when when we ranked uh, Christmas songs, Dave, on the podcast, I think we both put um, the Night Santa Went Crazy above it. But sort of on this tour, I want to hear uh, Christmas at Ground Zero just because I don't yeah you can hear it as much. So it's it's uh, it's kind of interesting how that works. Yes. Christmas at Ground Zero. Did you get a double uh, atomic no, bomb drop? No, or was that, that was only a one-time only thing for us out yeah. in, uh, where were we, Santa Barbara? I think yeah. It was. <laughs> that was great. I loved that. <laughs> I, um, so Al put the recording down after the song, and uh, he said, yesterday was uh, a rare day off for me, which means uh, I was doing a lot of interviews uh, to promote the uh, uh, international leg of the tour. And he said, so he did a bunch of uh, German interviews. And uh, the question he keeps getting is, all are all your songs funny and ironic? And um, 
so he said, uh, well, this next one's not. It's more of a sweet look at childhood, a simpler time. And, of course, he went into uh, good old days. <laughs> good old days. <laughs> and uh, I have, the, there's more like uh, getting up and um, uh, sitting down and drunk people talking for the, the venue donors section. Mm. And uh, a note I wrote was, I hope they realize that he's not playing Eat It and they leave. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. Those seats could have gone to somebody who would have appreciated the show. I'm sure Jeremy would have appreciated it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So afterwards, Al said, uh, asked if, uh, if, if we were fans of the band Cake. He said it's one of his favorite uh, bands. He said uh, this song is a pastiche. It's from Straight Outta Linwood. And then he told the uh, you can't have your cake and eat it too joke, which I won't repeat. Um, Jeremy, I have a note here. It says Bermuda Cowbell, Little Music. Do you have any idea what I meant by that? Um, I'm not sure, but during the introduction, um, after Al said they would not allow him to put the song on the album, Jim is like responding like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then Jim looked at Bermuda and shrugged. What I have on, uh, you know. So the band getting so Al says what's what's going on, and then he's like, "Well, okay, whatever." Um, and then he like went on with the introduction. <laughs> so maybe Jim was trying to communicate something to uh, Bermuda, and uh, I caught wind of that. Um, huh. Well, I'm sure you can guess, Dave. The song was "Close, but No Cigar." Close, but no cigar. <laughs> And I know you're going to want to ask Jeremy and I something about this song that is a, a regular on the podcast. So go ahead, Dave. <laughs> Close, but no cigar. Oh, okay. Uh, did you count how many? What are those things called? Vibraslap. Oh, Vibraslaps, <laughs> yes. How many Vibraslaps? Wow. I, I will. Ghost is affecting I, me. I will say, uh, for whatever reason, the word Vibraslap is one of those words that just every once in a while, I cannot remember uh, for yeah, the life of me. <laughs> blank um, we need to come up with an alternate uh, name for that. Like we have the alternate <laughs> name for the tambourine. Yeah, I don't even know Although how to Viber do slap is pre- Viber slap is a pretty good name. It is a great. Know. It is it's tough. It's gonna be tough to top that one. It's a great name. I don't know why it. It's one that I blank on so often. But um, <laughs> so I did. I, I, I listened very closely. And at least from where I was sitting, I heard 18 vibra slaps. Okay. Correct. <laughs> All right. So Jeremy oh, and I okay. concur. Confirmation. The balcony and the front row both, both heard 18. <laughs> so let's add them together, divide it by the number, and take the average. And we got 18 vibra slaps. 18 vibra slaps. <laughs> that seems to be. Did that you count the number? Pretty consistent. Did you count the I, number I, of claps, though, Ethan? Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, oh, I can't read that. I part, got th- so. I got thirty four. <laughs> oh, uh, well, I didn't write that down. So uh, let's take the number Jeremy had and let's divide <laughs> it by the number of instances, which uh, just Jeremy. So one, so thirty. Uh, yeah, 34. so thirty four yeah. is the average that we got. So All right, has to be accurate. <laughs> <laughs> You can well, thank you for counting number. the claps. 
Thank you for counting the claps. I'm glad somebody does that. <laughs> I think you requested one, that. One dude. time, I actually... I did request yeah. it. I think one, on one episode, Ethan had actually requested to count the number of cowbells. Um, and I actually did try to do that at one show, and I got to like 250 <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you for your service, Jeremy. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, so at this point, after uh, Close But No Cigar, Al started introducing the band. Uh, he talked about how he met John Maruda Schwartz on September 14th, 1980, uh, recording another Rides yeah. the Bus. And uh, he said uh, he met Ruben on Grinder. He said the early 80s, <laughs> 81 or 82. Um at his cousin's birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese. Mm. And he said <laughs> his cousin was turning 33 years old. Uh, that he had, <laughs> I guess at the Chuck E. Cheese, there was a lounge uh, for adults to drink. And uh, he said that there were some musicians playing. And he said, what uh, sad, sad, pathetic mu- musicians would be on stage uh, playing a lounge in a Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, and of course, it was Jim and Steve. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he said, um, you know, he thought the, the music would be cheesy. Ah, you know, Jim. Uh, uh, stay uh, cheesy. Uh, so he, uh, of course... Uh, was impressed by their music. He said that that pun was not intentional. Yes. <laughs> he, uh, he, of course, walked up, and, uh, of course, he was the only person in the audience, and uh, he had them sign exclusive uh, 45-year contracts, and it's working out. <laughs> Love it. And uh, so then it went into, of course, uh, the band went into Dare to be Stupid, the lounge version and uh yes i have to say uh this song made me think of uh jake playing the piano in the venue and at the hotel <laughs> uh <laughs> you know and actually that hotel uh would have been a perfect place for al to have met uh uh, Jim and Steve back in the oh. day, they could have been playing the uh, the lounge at the hotel. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Sounds like they could have been playing the leopard room too, or whatever that was. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Right there in Saginaw. So I so I, I wasn't there, but I probably would have tweeted this one out as "Dare to Be Stupid," Chuck E. Cheese <laughs> version, Chuck E. Cheese adult <laughs> birthday party <laughs> edition. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I have it in my notes as, as, as basically as that Chuck E. Cheese 33rd birthday celebration. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Um, Perfect. I have a note here, something about um, Mr. Goodbar and Charlie Parker's, uh, that place that we went with um, Dustin and Patrick. Do you have any recollection? Was there, a, there must, they had a lot of cool like old signs. So I'm guessing there was a Mr. Goodbar. Uh, sign or advertisement there do you remember jeremy yeah yeah there was i think there was like a sign in there um and then for the volunteer i'm, I'm not sure why why you have that now but <laughs> <laughs> well the, he mentions mr goodbar in in the dare to be stupid haven't you heard this song oh, jeremy true. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe uh, n- uh, not the chuck e cheese version oh, okay that's true <laughs> um 
So I mean, give me a break. Jeremy's only been to like four hundred concerts. I mean, the chances of him him of, of Weird Al playing Dare to Be Stupid at one of those is pretty slim. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, you got me. You got me there. I, I apologize. Um, so uh, uh, Al did ask her for volunteers. Uh, I was very surprised, of course. Um, I raised my <laughs> left hand, but. Uh-huh. I did the wiggly left hand thing. I don't know if you've ever seen me do that. <laughs> like, uh, um, I, I think you're gonna need to explain that. I, I, I like I I always do it like to uh, after the shows when um, <laughs> when JW is handing out the set lists. I always like I do this. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. Like I I just wiggle my fingers really fast, <laughs> very like okay. obnoxiously. <laughs> So that's what I did. (laughs) And uh, Aaron raised her right hand. Um, Jeremy, did you raise any of your appendages? I I did raise my right hand. Okay. Okay. Oh, three. At least three volunteers this show. That's a high number of volunteers. Definitely. Okay. um, uh, Hopefully you can help fill in the blanks here, Jeremy. I do do have that uh, Al said that uh, he's got a weird energy and he knows everyone's waiting for them to do what we always do. So they went into... A drum solo, and uh, yeah. Bermuda did a little uh, drum roll, and then I have written down Tommy Lee. I don't know what that means. Huh. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I have the drum solo. He did uh, a hit of the snare into a roll, and then he finished it off with a hit of the bass drum. Um, but I'm not sure about Tommy Lee. You know, the way I have it written, I bet someone in the audience shouted Tommy Lee for some reason. Uh <laughs> And uh, too bad Alexis is not here because she'd be very thrilled to hear what the next song played was. Oh, it was yeah. Airline Amy. Airline Amy, Ooh, another rarity. You don't get that a Christmas at Ground Zero and an Airline Amy in the same show. Yeah, that's that's uh, it was a pretty rare show. Um, there was a, a, a donor. I, I guess I was sort of tracking in my head. Who left? Got up and left during good old days, uh, which, as uh-huh. you know, is a number of songs ago. And they just came back uh, as uh, oh, <laughs> as they were playing airline Amy. So, <laughs> and uh, maybe they went outside and got stuck in line. <laughs> I do have that. Um, I was having trouble hearing Ruben during this song, uh, which we know this is a great uh, Ruben song. So, um, I yeah. don't know if there was yeah, especially at the. At the place where the, he trades off with Jim, um, and, and that solo, it was definitely hard to hear. So that was a bummer. Um, but uh, you'll be thrilled to know that uh, at the end of the song, Al tossed his uh, jingle dingle in the air, and he <laughs> caught it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then uh, uh, we were treated to a bass solo. Okay. Which uh, we then uh, got one strum. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, someone exclaimed, Steve J from the audience. It may have been me. I I do not recall. (laughs) (laughs) I was pretty pretty lined up with with Steve. And I I think we'll talk about uh, some interactions with uh, Steve while he was on stage uh, this this, uh, review. Okay. Um, first world problems was the next. 
first world problem. Yeah, I believe that first note uh, from uh, the stinger from Steve was the first, like the first note of first world problems. And yes. I had that as my shortest bass solo of the tour because it was literally like less, almost less than a stinger. It was so quick. <laughs> um, but I had that distinction for the bass solo. Uh, there is, uh, you know, during the song, uh, Al will say first world problems. And then Steve responds with his like deep, like first world problems. And, right. uh, the second uh, time around, Steve actually missed it. Uh, he missed saying first world problems. Uh, did you notice that, Jeremy? Uh, no, I didn't get that. I, I did notice uh, going on with Steve's vocals a little bit later um, in the night, so it might have been an issue with his mic. That's true. Um, that's, or something yeah. with his levels. That's true, since we did. I blame the ghost. Yeah, it's definitely the ghost's fault. <laughs> definitely the ghost's fault, yes. I, I have something that I can't read. It's, it looks like it says... Sve S V E E clap. I'm guessing that means Steve clap. Did Steve uh, clap? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, he he uh, had to reward his bass solo. So. Yeah, that's true. Right. Uh, maybe it was. Uh, maybe this was. Um, actually, I think this was Al uh, getting ready for the next song, mentioning that uh, he's going to play a uh, he's going to play a Doors song. Uh, an uh, one of their most oh. obscure songs. I think maybe he he noted that uh, there was very few people uh, <laughs> seemingly excited from the audience for him to play a Doors song. Um, ah, yes. As, uh, <laughs> as, he's, as he's pointed out in the past, and he talked about it, uh, this song, it's one of their most obscure songs. It was from a cassette that Bermuda gave him of the Doors performing at the Whiskey A Go-Go in 1967 on the Sunset Strip. And, of course, uh, the audiences in the 60s were not ready uh, to hear a song yet about Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, um, there were uh, Craigslist uh, kaleidoscope circle lights, the CKC lights, uh, during the song. Um, mm. Lots of good um, rainbow lights and... Do you have the name of the coffee shop? I'm not sure if I can read it. Uh, I have like yeah, cre it's Creation Coffee on Titawasi Road. Yes, and uh, oh okay. Um, <laughs> and Titawasi Road was actually up near the Party City, uh, where we were earlier in the day. Uh, so we probably went by Creation Coffee. That's true. We we probably were right there. Uh. I have just um, sort of random scattered notes about uh, <laughs> the call of the mother, uh, but Jeremy, if you if you want to, uh, I'm sure you have a, a better recollection because I don't usually take notes as as often during Craigslist unless Dave's not there, um, so I'm not as good with uh, writing these <laughs> down. Sure, yeah, I, I got it, Ethan. Um, so he first said that he wanted to make. Uh, talking to his mother, wanted to make you dance the hula to that stupid hooky lao song. Yes. While okay. I carve a perfect replica of Buddy Epson out of a bar of ivory soap. So. Said I want to dress up a dog like Benini Mussolini and spank him till he throws up. <laughs> 
said, I, I want the snakes of eternal torment to rise up from the bowels of hell and suck the flesh from my skull while the big Texas radio plays Baby Shark three times. <laughs> I have something about a, a, a bright green Vespa scooter. Is that what he was uh, riding across the desert? <laughs> okay. <laughs> something about a... Wow. Pastrami sandwich being thrown on the ground. <laughs> yeah, over by the abandoned gas station, there was an old American Indian standing by the side of the road, eating a pastrami sandwich. <laughs> he wads up the sandwich wrapper and throws it on the ground. I might cry a single tear. I mean, what a jerk. Maybe have a little respect for the country we stole from you, dude. Come on, some people. <laughs> It was, wow. it was a pretty epic one. <laughs> I'm sorry I missed this. He, <laughs> that he can one. smell the freedom in the air. He can taste it. And it tastes like moldy circus peanuts. <laughs> and he threw up five times. <laughs> and then he finished it off uh, with the uh, fact that he was the one who put the empty carton of milk back in the refrigerator. <laughs> Classic. Um, Incredible. <laughs> so after Craigslist, uh, Al said that we have another, uh, here's another oldie from us. And uh, he talked about writing this next song after his girlfriend just broke up with him. And uh, mm. that helped him figure out something. So he has a pro tip for aspiring songwriters. Uh, if you get dumped, uh, you know, turn your anger uh, instead of bottling it up, you know, put it into a song, put it on an album with uh, uh, <laughs> a platinum selling album, a platinum selling album, and then win a Grammy. <laughs> and then in the middle of the night, drive to your girlfriend, former girlfriend's house, and throw that Grammy through her window. So, of course, uh, Dave, I'm sure because uh, he played one more minute, uh, people looked up your very obscure video of Al throwing his Grammy Award <laughs> through his ex-girlfriend's window. Uh <laughs> yes. The one I recorded when I was uh, stalking his ex-girlfriend in her the bushes outside of her house. Yes. Um, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. <laughs> I wasn't in the bushes. I was in the tree. Yes, yes. Less than anyone thinks. <laughs> um, so then, uh, of course, he played one more minute. I, I noted during, yeah, I noted during one more minute um, on Steve's vocal that it was very loud. So I'm not sure if it was from First World Problems whenever he was supposed to have vocals and it didn't come through. <laughs> They're overcompensating. The, 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 yeah, the ghost turned it up really loud so that you could hear it, but it was very loud during one more minute. Uh, oh, making up for the missed uh, First World Problem. <laughs> um, and I believe, uh, I don't know if this was me making the connection or if Al sort of pointed, but... When he said uh, "swimming pool filled with double-edged razor blades," I uh, I wrote down "swimming pool double-edged razor blades moat." So I don't know if I was just thinking about the <laughs> moat or if Al motioned to it. Um, but uh, that was one more minute. Huh. So Al Al, fl Al flipped his cup after one more minute behind him. 
Uh, and Dave, as you know, I do not track that, so I did not write that down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm glad Jeremy was tracking it. Well, I'm not. Very important for our, <laughs> our, it's very important for our spreadsheet completists to know when uh, Weird Al throws his solo cup. I would prefer that we do not have that in the spreadsheet, uh, but, you know. <laughs> well... You know, it's not your choice, you know, so people can track whatever they want that's, to track. That's true. I'm just not, I, it's my choice Pe- to not help. <laughs> Peach, I mean, Peach has created a whole lighting effect just for the flip cup, so I think it has to be tracked, at least on my spreadsheet. Al said, I've never ever done this before, but you guys deserve it. And he called for a drum solo reprise. <laughs> reprise. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Bermuda uh, did the uh, my drum solo. And uh, <laughs> Al said no. <laughs> and then I think uh, uh, Bermuda started doing it again. And Al said no. <laughs> <laughs> and then he asked Ruben to play something else. <laughs> Yep, that's what I got. Which uh, which led to, why does this always happen to me? Oh. And uh, I noticed that at the part where uh, he turns around and stabs him in the face, Al did not do that hand motion of stabbing his boss in the Mm. face. And uh, (laughs) I do want to note that, uh, like every other time, uh, Jim does not play the guitar during this song. He just holds it. Yeah. I still want to ask you about that. Maybe one day we will. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Al said, um, you know, he got a phone call in the middle of the night. uh, uh, You you missed an accordion pickup. uh, (laughs) I don't always write it down, Jeremy. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, it's important for the spreadsheet. People need to know when Weird Al picks up his accordion. (laughs) We must know what is in his hands at all times. (laughs) I mean, Peaches is working on a new lighting effect just for that. When Weird Al picks up his accordion. Uh, thank you, Jeremy, for for noting that. You're welcome. Uh, so he talks about the phone call, waking up in the middle of the night, distraught, crying. Uh, he's obviously been drinking, and uh, uh, you know the whole the whole spiel of uh, yeah. uh, the record president, the record company president, was all upset, right. and. Uh, Al did mention that the people illegally downloading songs were hooligans. Hooligans. Yeah, hooligans. um, Now, I don't know. I didn't write down what song it was. (laughs) 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 I have a guess as to what song it was, but I didn't write it down. (laughs) I think it was Buy Me a Condo. (laughs) Oh, yes, of course. Uh, the traditional intro to "Buy Me a Condo," which he hasn't played since. <laughs> well, uh, nice to see that one make a comeback. I can't say for I'm sure. I'm going to guess it was "Don't Download This Song." That's, I'm just going to throw that out. That's there. my guess, but uh, yeah, <laughs> that's what I have in my notes. But I, I'm actually doubting it now, even though it is in my notes. I'm I'm really not sure since Ethan didn't write it down. <laughs> if I didn't write it down, right. it didn't happen. So. <laughs> he introduced his normal don't download the song introduction and then um, <laughs> did not play it. <laughs> All 
All right. Well, well, let's leave that one. Let's leave that one uh, just as an empty spot in our set list for now, um, and let our let our listeners decide. It's either going to most probably be "Don't Download This Song" or "Buy Me a Condo." We're not sure which one, but it's it's one of those two. I am looking at my notes, and I think I lost some pages. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> all right let me apologize let me retract my right. previous statement i did write it down um but the next thing i have written down <laughs> to be fair <laughs> oh man this is stupid i'm sorry uh the next thing i've written down it says what i thought it said was i'll sue your bacon <laughs> i'll sue your bacon i'll sue your bacon which I thought was a miswrite in that I meant to write, I'll sue you. Uh, so I just looked up the set list and he did not play, I'll sue you next. So then I was like, oh, wait, I think he, uh, maybe I lost a few pages. But then I found out that he didn't play, I'll sue you that night at all. Spoiler alert. Sorry, Dave. Um, but now I'm realizing that one of the things Al said in the phone call to the record uh, industry president was, I'll save your bacon. <laughs> so ah. then I wrote down don't download this song <laughs> sorry everyone for that bizarre uh, journey we just went on he did in fact play don't download this song and um, <laughs> I did notice there was a weird echo uh, during the song with, uh, with some of the parts and I was very excited um, and I know that um our, our youngest podcast guest ever would also be excited, um, Madeline, uh, because there were fingernail lights. Oh, yay, the fingernail lights, a.k.a. the toenail lights. <laughs> the the t- toenail clipping, fingernail clipping. Toenail clipping. All those. Toenail clipping, toenail clipping. Toenail clipping. Um, after uh, this song, um, when Al was introducing the next one, Hawkeye came out and was doing something with Steve, so... Definitely some some weird stuff going on um, with the equipment and the the electronics. And Al said, I don't know if you guys know, but I released a movie about 33 years ago. (laughs) 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 And, uh, of course, they played UHF. Cool. Um, And there were the UHF lights, as uh, we know and love. And... Yeah. Hawkeye was with, uh, still on stage with Steve, uh, up through the first chorus. So he was out there uh, working on stuff. Mm. Um, <laughs> I don't know how I saw this, but um, I noticed that um, maybe he texted me. I, I don't know what happened, but I have a note here that the donor sitting next to Jake uh, was asleep at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think if I'm remembering this correctly, Jake was just like a couple rows from the front row, and I think you know Jake okay. is the kind of guy. If you ever met him, um, he's the kind of guy who is just like instantly friends with everyone he meets, yeah. <laughs> and so he somehow I think during the intermission became friends with these like donors, and <laughs> he got invited to move up into one of their extra seats. Uh, so he was like hanging with his donor buddies and (laughs) I guess they fell asleep from (laughs) enjoying themselves too much. 
<laughs> I guess so. <laughs> um, so now I see uh, something about um, a, uh, some park opened one million years ago. Do you know what that means, Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't know that it opened one million years ago, but the next song, uh, well, he, he was doing the uh, the Jungle Cruise spill, and he said that the uh, you know how many people have been here on the Jungle Cruise ride? Uh, he said it's a ride that's been at Disneyland, Disney World for like you know since the park opened many years ago. I have um, since I, didn't I have hear a million, but I have since the park opened a million years ago. So he. I, I don't know that he was saying that as a joke. It might have just been like, oh, yeah, it opened like a million years ago. I think that's kind of how they said it. Um, and he talked about, um, you know, how the skipper on the ride tells the stupidest, corniest jokes of your entire life for eight to ten minutes. <laughs> um, and it was Skipper Dan. I thought it was funny. After he said that, he said, or however long the ride lasts. And then that's it. And then you get off and do something else. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Skipper Dan. I don't know. I don't know what this means. Uh, I don't have any notes about Waterfall. Um, and oh. I wrote, what have I done? What am I doing? Any idea what that <laughs> means, Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> No, but if you couldn't see the waterfall, I can understand why you would be wondering that. <laughs> the sad state. Maybe it's a reference to uh, when you know in, in the song the uh, the skipper is is you know kind of saying you know what have I done with my life sort of thing. Maybe that's what you were referencing. Oh, I'm guessing. yeah. So I maybe yeah, maybe Al said um, what have I done versus what am I doing or something. Um, so Al then started, I did have a, a comment that there was really bad feedback, uh, during the megaphone, uh, portion of Skipper Dan. Ah, huh. And at that point I thought to myself, what have I done? What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> I think it's only fair that Jeremy should get to talk about how Al introduced the next song. Since, well, since he, um, uh, since, uh, since it uh, is a Jeremy suggestion, <laughs> um, Al uh, said, well, we're getting close to the end of the show. And then the crowd was upset. Said, you know how the passage of time works. But before we go, uh, it would behoove me to tell you a little story. This, my friends, is a story about America in a broad sense. But in a more narrowly defined sense, I suppose you could say this story is about a twine ball. No, not the biggest ball of twine in the world. That particular ball of twine was made by a group of people, an entire community, working together to break a world record. Those people make me sick. <laughs> no, this twine ball was made by one man, a true American, a real American, Mr. Francis A. Johnson. Johnson. And then yeah. this is the most accurate part of the introduction that there is. He started winding that twine ball in the year 1950 and didn't stop for 29 years. And then he rolled that mighty twine ball all the way to Darwin, Minnesota, where it sits to this very day in a little shrine and dozens of people admire it every year. 
Now, it's not the biggest ball of twine in the world, but it is for sure one thing. It's the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. Well, well uh, I'm, gl- I'm glad Al finally got that right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, during the intro where Al's sort of telling the story and going through everything, uh, Steve saw me in the audience and, and waved uh, at me. And then <laughs> he... Uh, positioned his guitar in a such a way uh to reflect this stage light into my eyes directly <laughs> <laughs> and so i jokingly uh like reacted as if my eyes were burning and <laughs> he kept doing it, it was hilarious <laughs> wow <laughs> nice i had in my notes here that uh during the song i guess people of saginaw michigan have uh, very good rhythm, uh, and it's the first time on the uh, tour that at least the people around me in the balcony were clapping steadily the whole time to the beat, the whole song. Huh. Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it took them all tour to get it. Right. I guess it's a different audience every night, I guess. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, <laughs> Bad example. So, um, of course, they uh, they leave the stage to do a... Uh, the the fake out they 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 don't leave the stage but they they do the pretend you know leave the stage thing yeah um while they were doing all that a bunch of the donors in the front row just got up and left <laughs> like yeah. they were just like all right we've had enough of the show we're done and that i don't know the the whole donor thing and them like kind of being you know noisy and and stuff yeah I was like, screw it. I'm going to go sit in their seats because there's only uh, a couple, you know, there's only two songs left and the the whole front row is empty. Al doesn't want to be performing to nobody. I knew I wasn't taking anyone's seats. Uh, So uh, Aaron and I uh, ran over and we we sat right in the front row center. Um, And (laughs) what was really funny was (laughs) um, because... Or, or I'll say this. I'll say this in a little bit. But um, before we moved over, Steve was kind of like uh, uh, watching us and, and interacting with us a little bit. Just kind of Steve was extra goofy that night, especially since we yeah. were like directly in front of him uh, in the front row. Yeah. Um, before they so they came back, but before they actually played the first encore song, Al said that there were uh, technical difficulties. And so he's... Did you actually see anything from the uh, from the time there during the encore, though, Ethan? There was one thing that I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, pl- um, please. Bermuda, uh, Bermuda uh, was polishing like he normally does. Um, and then he went to polish the cymbal. Um, and then he took the cymbal off. And polished it, and then he put the and then he put the symbol back on. Whenever he saw Al coming back out on stage, <laughs> I love that. I must have missed that from where I was sitting. Uh, so yes, yeah, so Al said there's some technical difficulties. So please talk amongst yourselves. Um, and then he clarified and he said, "This is an actual technical difficulty. This <laughs> is <just> not like." Uh, <laughs> Um, did the guys like just play a little like uh, music? I have guys playing uh, as music. As soon as Al started to mention, because this was after that they had already done the whole request portion 
and everything. But then Al mentioned that they were having technical difficulties. As soon as Al said that, Jim started to play around on his guitar a little bit, but it was like in a different tuning that I never heard Jim play in. Um, so I'm not sure if it's technical difficulties tuning or, or what, but, um, and then, so, so Al said, yeah, talk amongst yourselves for a minute. Um, and then the band was just like doodling around yeah. on their instruments there, uh, for a little bit. Um, and then that was actually while Al was off stage. Al got up and left the stage for oh, wow. like a minute or two until he was told that they had had the technical difficulties fixed. Yeah, he said we... That was I'm one told of the first times I've, I've ever actually seen him leave leave the stage, so I'm not sure if it was something with his monitor um, or or what that would, you know, I would think it would have had to have been something that would, would have required him to leave. I don't think he would have just got up and left for fun. <laughs> right, yeah, so he's probably... Uh, getting the sound figured out. Um, obviously, as we've said, there were issues throughout the show with the, the yeah. tech. So, um, pretty pretty crazy. Um, and uh, then they went into the cover song, which was by the Dave Clark Five, "Glad All Over." Oh, okay. I had an I had an idea of may, maybe why they picked this. Um, I thought maybe it was because they had been having so many technical difficulties throughout the night that they were just glad it was all over. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's a that's such a great that's great. Uh, great idea. Uh, I feel like I did hear this song. Uh, I'm checking the spreadsheet right now. Yeah, uh, I think we've heard it before. I don't know if you heard it, Dave. It looks like it was in uh, uh, Orno, Maine. I don't believe you were at that show. And then I was not at that show. It was at. I mean, it's definitely something that we've we'd heard at the previous tour, and then it was in Chesterfield, Missouri. Right. So, yeah, I don't think you got to hear it this tour, Dave. Not that. Oh, yeah, not this tour, but maybe I might have heard it on the previous yeah. Vanity tour. Um, but it was glad all over Dave Clark Five, and um, maybe it was during the technical difficulty that I moved. I'm trying to remember the timeline exactly because I obviously wasn't like sitting there writing notes as I was. <laughs> sneaking over to the <laughs> recently departed donor seat. Um, <laughs> so after um, Glad All Over, um, Steve <laughs> noticed that Aaron and I were now sitting like in completely different seats. And he just like, he had this like such a shocked face. <laughs> I, I think he was, he was handing it up, but he just like, you know, like completely like he jumped like, Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah. And he like kind of pointed like over where we were. And <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> he and then he like he uh, pretended like he was adjusting his binoculars. Like, <laughs> like, am I seeing this correctly? You guys moved. It was really funny. I don't know if you caught any of that, uh, Jeremy. <laughs> Steve messed No, around. no, I, I didn't even know you moved. I, <laughs> I wish I would have known. I, it would have made it more enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They uh, they then played the unplugged medley, which is um, yeah. a tried and true favorite on this tour because they seem to play it every night. Uh, <laughs> it was of course uh, uh, comprised of Amish Paradise, Smells Like Nirvana, White and Nerdy, Word Crimes, Yoda, and the Yoda Chant. And mm. um, I, I wrote something. Uh, did they not do the bongo? I I didn't realize that. I don't have that. That they might not have the note i see bermuda was having a lot of troubles uh, all night so it wouldn't surprise me huh yeah i can't really tell uh what i wrote here 
It looks like it says, not doing bongo, dinkering gold. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea what I was, I was writing. Um, but that was the last song of the night. And huh. I did not write down uh, end time. So oh. I have the stuck. end time. It's 1039. Excellent. Okay. So excellent. I'm glad you wrote that down because there would have been a chance that the show is still happening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> if we don't write down an end time. That means the show is still going on. <laughs> um, it was it was a, a, a quite a fun show, um, <laughs> and um, luckily we had a meet and greet um, for the show, and. Okay. The meet and greet. Well, before we go to the meet and greet, before we go to the oh meet yes, and greet, yes, let's, yes, yes, uh, take some. Let's get some business out of the way. Okay, uh, this is the part where I uh, have to pick my song of the night, even though I wasn't there. Right, right. Uh, it's a tough one. Tough one. I mean, my my first uh, my first thought is I have to pick buy me a condo. Um, <laughs> what about I'll but see you. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll sue, I'll sue your bacon. I might take that one too. Um, no, uh, it's a tough one. I wasn't there, but I I, I think I have one that that sort of I, I would have liked to have heard. So uh, whenever Frank's ready, he can play my theme song. It's Dave's pick of the night. All right. Well, Dave's pick of the night. Just because of the way Jeremy described the amazing phone call to the mother during Craigslist, I've got to go with Craigslist. Wow. That's one of the funniest ones I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's hear uh, uh, my theme song from Frank. It's Ethan's prediction of Dave's pick of the night. So, and of course, shout out to Zeb Lemke for those wonderful uh, yes. <laughs> promos um, and theme songs. So, uh, I, you know, it seems like every time I think you're going to go with Craigslist, you don't. So, I just kind of have stopped <laughs> picking Craigslist because you know that that's always my pick of the night and, and you always have a weird one, Dave. So, I did not go with Craigslist. My guess was... Okay. The uh, the birthday party for the thirty three year old version of Dare to Be Stupid. Oh. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you would have yeah, if you the Chuck, if, e. Che- the Chuck E. Cheese version of Dare to Be Stupid. Yeah, okay, that's if, fair. If you were with me and you saw that wiggly thing I did with my hand, I think you would have <laughs> uh, had your mind changed. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know me. I definitely pick everything on visual. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't even listen to those songs anymore. I don't even know what he's singing anymore. <laughs> you plug your ears. You have your hands over I, your ears. <laughs> I, I got my noise-canceling headphones on. And I'm just watching the thing at this point. Just listening to white noise. Because if you get <laughs> yes. rid of one sense, the other ones get stronger. So now you can really appreciate <laughs> yeah. the visuals and the smells. <laughs> yeah. And when I, when I, yes. When I start put when I start plugging my nose and putting on uh, putting on dark sunglasses and I and I do the sense of taste, that's when you're really going to get my uh, my my uh, my true pick of the night. Select it entirely off of the taste sense. All right. Well, 
I mean, I wasn't there. Well, my so my I, prediction, I if anybody was curious for my prediction yes. of Dave's yeah. Oh, please, of please. Uh, Dave's pick of the night. Um, I had thought. Wait, 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 wait. Before you go, before the... you go, before you go, let's get a theme song. <laughs> it's Jerry's prediction of Dave's pick of the night. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right, go ahead, so I Jeremy. thought that you were going to pick the cover song, Dave. Glad all over because it was by the Dave Clark Five. Oh, <laughs> and you've yeah. not heard it yet. Yeah, you know what? That's a good. That's another good choice. I, I think it's. Man. I think it's important to realize that uh, Dave writes down every song, and then he throws a dart. <laughs> uh, but yes, that is that. See, Dave, we we both had good uh, good reasoning for our picks. You, you had good. <laughs> you, to, you, to you know what you, th- that's fair too because uh if i haven't heard it on this tour yet i probably would have picked the cover song if it would was new to me well plus there was uh, all the the weird technical difficulty stuff which i don't know if we can but you know you know i you know i love weird technical difficulties i mean I feel it's the like the reason I go to these shows anymore. <laughs> just, just hoping and praying for some weird technical difficulties. Yeah, I, I'm sure it's the most upsetting thing for Al to hear us talk about how much we love when <laughs> things go wrong for him. <laughs> Sorry, Al. It's just we like it. <laughs> but, but what was the ghost's pick of the night? Oh, mm, good question. <laughs> Well, the ghost obviously thought, Dave, that you would pick all the technical difficulties throughout the night. <laughs> the ghost is, you know, influ- trying to influence your decision by making all those. <laughs> uh, no. So I, I, I don't have, uh, I don't have extensive notes on the- uh, my per- my personal pick for the ghost pick of the night uh, would have been the drum solo reprise. Since they never, ever, ever, ever do that. Right. And where I was, I, I had really bad uh, drum feedback the whole night. So I thought the ghost was like overemphasizing Bermuda's set to uh, just like mm. overpower and make everything really sound like kind of off. So that that's my pick for the ghost. <laughs> so I want to talk about the, uh, the meet and greet briefly. Um, what was pretty unique was... Uh, we were waiting in line uh, to meet Al uh, for the first time ever. Uh, you know, none of us have met Al before. Um, and <laughs> who joins us in the line and then waits in line with us for the photo? But John Bermuda Schwartz. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think he he came out to say hi to um, Jake or, or Nancy, Nancy. Uh, some combination. Okay. And then just kind of joined the group and just kind of was waiting with us and chatting with us. And, um, <laughs> when it came time for the photo, <laughs> yeah. Bermuda just walked in as if he was just, you know, a fan. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Al was very surprised. It was hilarious. <laughs> Love it. Did they take a photo together? Yeah. <laughs> Oh wow! I'm gonna have to go uh, check that out on uh, the, yeah. the website. <laughs> so um, yeah, it was it was very funny. Um, Aaron and I did a combo photo, um, 
and uh, I can't remember what anyone else did. And they actually they changed the website. I can't remember what the new one is. Oh no! Uh, yeah. Uh oh. I'm trying to. All f- right, I'll find it. I'll have Frank. I'll have Frank find it. Yeah, he'll find it for us. The, the new one is. Uh, I think it has the name of on location, uh, since that's what the subsidiary that CID is under. They change um, it to that. Like on location, weird weird out dash weird out Yankovic or something like that. All right, we'll find it. Frank will find it for us for sure. Uh, Bermuda did not stay uh, to come back for the signing portion uh, of the, the meet and greet. Or uh, Jeremy, did you um, did you want to say what you your photo was? Um, I don't actually even remember. Uh, I think we just <laughs> did like kind of like a regular photo. Okay, nothing special. Um. So when it came time for the uh, signature, uh, if you remember, I set this up earlier in the episode telling you all about my brand new, just released um, soundtrack CD yes. for Weird the Al Yankovic Story. So my plan was to get it signed. And um, when I, um, you know, obviously you're not supposed to get stuff signed, but uh, this was kind of a, a unique case because... Um, this literally had just come out, and Al himself had never seen one in person because he was on tour tour when it oh, came out. Wow! So I hand I uh, I handed it to JW to give to Al, and Al's like, "Wow, this is like my first time holding it," and, and he's like, uh, "All right, I'm gonna uh, take a look uh, and make sure you know they got everything right, like I approved." And he like he just like kind of flipped through the book, like not actually looking. He's like, "Yep, it's all there." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was I was like. Uh, you know, Al, I I, uh, I I I went through the booklet a few times, and I I can't find um, Dave and I uh, thanked in there anywhere. <laughs> and uh, Al's like, "Oh, you just gotta look closer. <laughs> it's in there." <laughs> um, so uh, so Al did sign it for me, and he confirmed. Uh, not only was it the first time he saw had one in person, but uh, my copy uh, on CD is the first one ever autographed. Um, wow. so that is now my not lame claim to fame. That is a, uh, very exciting claim to fame that I, I don't know if he's signed any other ones, but, uh, <laughs> I do have the very first <laughs> one, possibly the only, but I'm sure he signed a couple <laughs> by now. And the second this episode drops, Ethan will be putting it up on eBay and you too can. <laughs> bid on it and, uh... <laughs> I will start the bidding at $27 million. <laughs> First, I'll have to figure out whether the uh, autograph is actually an authentic Weird Al Yankovic autograph. Right. <laughs> very cool, though. The you know, very... you were saying, saying that he had never held that um, in his hand before, and that made me think about a show back, I think that was Apocalypse, um, in Marion, Ohio. They had got a hat and a water bottle at that show for some reason right during the tour, just where they showed up at. And so I waited at the bus after the show to see how... And I hand him the water bottle, and he's like, oh, wow, this is my first, like, ever water bottle. Um, I've never seen this before. And he's, like, he's holding it and looking at it, and he's like, yep, it looks like a water bottle. <laughs> um, so then I, I, I had him sign it, so the mine was also the first autographed water bottle. Is that, that the, the metal one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, that's awesome. <laughs> wow. And it's authenticated by Weird Al himself as being a water bottle, uh, which adds to the value, of course. 
I was going to ask for a refund if, if he did not approve it. <laughs> um, but also, during the signing, um, I got my poster signed uh, for one of my friends in Florida uh, that uh, he wasn't able to see Al at his show. Um, and I'd asked him earlier in the day, I said, how do you want me to have Al make your poster out uh, to you? And he said, uh, just have him write to whom it may concern. <laughs> uh, so whenever I, I got up to Al, I said, Al, I want you to sign it to whom it may concern. And Al says, okay. <laughs> as long as it's not like racist or homophobic, like Al will pretty much write anything usually. <laughs> I love yeah. that. <laughs> uh, well, that's the show. Uh, I've had some. Oh, go ahead. That, 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 first of all, that's really cool that uh, that you know you got the very first ever Weird the Al Yankovic story soundtrack CD signed. That's pretty cool, and that you you even got to see it. We even got to see it before Weird Al got to see it. In yeah, person, that's really technically. Cool. Uh, and uh, yeah, and. Uh, I'm still looking, um, and maybe I need a better set of uh, a better set of bifocals or something. But I still haven't seen our name anywhere in the booklet. So uh, if uh, anybody does find that, please <laughs> let us know because uh, uh, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's just an oversight, and I'm just missing it. Yeah. But, oh yeah. If Al says it's there, it, it may be on the uh, atomic level. Uh, so ah. you may need like a, an elect, uh, electron microscope to see it. Um, I got but you. I'm sure okay. it's there. I have to, <laughs> I have to imagine. <laughs> um, cool. Wow. It sounds like that was such an awesome time you guys had. Thank you so much for filling me in. Uh, anything else before we close out the episode? Well, so we, we, uh, we did want to say hi to Ruben. Uh, of course, the great Ruben Perer, uh, El Maestro yeah, himself. Course. And uh, uh, so I was able to set up with Ruben to say hi to him at the bus. So we, uh, after we all uh, got our autographs and our posters, we headed out towards the bus and uh, we did meet <laughs> Ruben and he was wearing like <laughs> a, uh, it was, it was actually really cold out um, at this point. And uh, Ruben was wearing like a knit hat. And it just, uh-huh. <laughs> for whatever reason, I thought he looked like Joe Pesci, like from uh, <laughs> from uh, Home Alone, <laughs> like you know the 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 robber who like breaks in. He has the the uh, knit hat. Yeah, yeah. And for whatever reason, just Ruben looked like Joe Pesci even in that movie to me. <laughs> so it was pretty funny, but uh, it was great because I believe this was our first time chatting with Ruben uh, in person at uh, in twenty twenty three. So. Uh, we were just talking to him about the tour and, and uh, how much we we're liking the shows and glad to have them back on the road. And uh, then, uh, Jeremy, I know you were uh, sort of hot on this. Do you want to talk about what we were talking about next? Yeah, so I mentioned earlier in the night that we were trying to figure out you know, whether Ruben knew whether this theater was haunted or not. So we, uh, we whenever we were talking to him in the back, uh, it just kind of came up uh, of our meeting with Sandy, the usher, er, earlier in the night, and that she had mentioned that it was haunted, so we mentioned that to uh, to Ruben, and he did not know, but he also blamed the ghost for ah. all of the technical difficulties uh, er, earlier in the night, and he said that that explained a lot, uh, and then he talked to us about the various ghosts, uh, like of Keswick, 
and Glenside uh, or the old lady on Brady in Tulsa. Hmm. Um, so, so he was very interested as Ruben is on such things with, with hauntings at theaters. So he was yeah. glad to, to find that out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it it it's made a, a lot of sense. I guess the end of the night that, that, okay, all these strange things going on. It's the ghost's fault. Yes, of course. Usually and we can add, and we can add, we can add the Temple Theater in Saginaw, Michigan to the list of ghost haunted venues that Weird Al has played at. That's true. It's also a uh, unfortunate uh, thing that I just thought of. Um, as annoying as this ghost was, uh, the ghost isn't as terrible as our intern Frank Dave. And one day, what if Frank becomes a ghost and haunts us and haunts the podcast? Oh! I'm sorry. Oh, that would be. <laughs> Why'd you even bring that up? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. This episode I was that. going so well. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we were actually talking about about this ghost here, and it made me think. Whenever I was heading to the meet and greet, so I had a balcony ticket for the show, um, and I had to get down, you know, where they gather you up on the orchestra level. Because uh, uh-huh. I had I had a pass uh, for for after show, and um, so I'm like, how in the world am I going to get back to the uh, lower level there at the theater? Because the way the theater was made, there was only one hallway where we mentioned that the security had you know trouble. People had trouble getting in. There was yeah. only one hallway um, that would have people streaming out of it because you know they're all leaving because the concert's over. They don't have passes. Um, and the only steps coming down from the balcony are also heading out that way. So I would have had to come down the steps and then go up through the hallway against the flow of people uh, coming out. So I asked uh, one of the ushers there at the theater, I said, is there any way that I can get from the balcony down to the lower level of the theater without going through the corridor there? And they said, uh, uh, no, not really. And then they like thought about it for a minute and they're like, yeah, yeah, I think we can do that for you. <laughs> uh, so they, they, they took me through, uh, like a maze of like backstage hallways. Um, and, uh, we, we walked down like fleet of steps and the, they, op- the, the usher opened up the door and they're like, oh no, it's not that way. Uh, so then we turned around and we went through some other hallway um, and while we were going down that hallway, like the door slammed behind us, like shut. So I'm like, maybe this place really is haunted. <laughs> so we actually ended up in the leopard lounge. Um, by the time we got that, that done going through the maze of hallways and doors and everything. And I just came out like almost where Kamal's like photos were. And he's like, oh, hey, Jeremy. Um, and I said, oh, hey, Kamal. He's like, uh, you need to go in there and wait with the rest of the people. I'm like, that's where I'm heading. <laughs> so uh, I just followed the usher and then went. And I was and I could get with a group of you know everybody else, uh, but, but so it kind of freaked out Kamal for a minute that I was in the uh, leopard lounge there earlier where they had the meet and greet set up at. But I, I, I do think the place is indeed haunted, uh, and I blame the ghost for everything. It sounds like it. Wish you were there, Dave. I think you would have had fun. I would have had fun getting haunted. I'm sure I would have had a great time being haunted. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, again, uh, thank you both for uh, filling me in all about Saginaw. Definitely putting that on my list of places to visit after the way you uh, you've sold it to me. Um, <laughs> the Temple Theater sounds like another amazing haunted theater, which I'll have to check out at some point as well. No, but really, it sounds like you guys had a great time. And you have one more date on this little makeup leg of 2023 and that would be in this timeline tomorrow in detroit michigan at the fisher theater on february 7th that was david ethan's 2000 inch weird out podcast ridiculously self-indulgent bonus episode 47 centimeters All right, Jeremy. Now you thought you're going to get away with it, but Dave and I did not forget. We're going to test your memory. You need to now recite in order the deck of playing cards that I showed you in Saginaw, Michigan. Go ahead, Jeremy. Okay. I have my spirits working here for me. The ghost is going to help me out here. The cards were Jack of Spades. Yep. Two of Diamonds. Yep. Three of Clubs. Yep. Four of Hearts. Yep. Five of Diamonds. Ten of... Spades, yep. King of Hearts, yep. Ace of Diamonds, yep. Queen of Hearts, yep. Jack of Clubs, yep. <laughs> Ten of Diamonds, yep. <laughs> Ten of Spades, yep. Ten of Hearts, yep. <laughs> Nine of Spades, yep. Nine of Clubs, yep. <laughs> seven of Diamonds, uh, seven of Hearts, yes, yep. <laughs> um, six of clubs. No, no, that wasn't right. King of spades. <laughs> oh shoot! Oh wait, no, no, I wrote it upside down. It, yeah, it was a six. I thought it was a nine. Okay, 